Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. In these letters that are written to the church, if you read through them with a red pencil and underline them, you will find these expressions found throughout these epistles, in Christ, in whom, and in Him. Now you'll find uh, or 140 some odd all together of them. But some of them don't just tell you something you have in Christ. For instance, Paul writing a letter said, I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that has the expression in Christ there, but I don't use that one because that doesn't tell you about anything that's yours because you're in Christ. Just said, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. But you'll find that about a hundred and close to 130 of them will tell you something that you have or what you are because you're in Him, in whom, or in Christ. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, Understanding How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagin's classic message. You see, the thing that convinced them was this. You remember that Jesus was uh, embalmed after the manner of the Jews. You remember this, that one individual brought, you know, a, a, the myrrh and the aloes, and uh, they took these grave cloths, they took this myrrh and a loaves, a hundred pound weight of it. And they'd take these little old cloths, they got this, the Jews got this actually from the Egyptians when they were down in Egypt. And they smeared these cloths with this myrrh and a loaves and stuff, you see, and it made a sticky substance, sort of like tar. And then they wrapped that body with that, like a cocoon, you see, with these thin strips of, of, of cloth. They'd wrap each toe and each finger individually. And all they left open was just this opening for the face, and they were intending to come back and that's, uh, and, uh, after the Sabbath. And that's one reason Mary was going out there the first day of the week, you see. And after the Jewish Sabbath, she was going there to finish the embalming because this face hadn't been finished, and they just laid the napkin over the face. Well, you see, in this period of time... In that country there, as warm as it was, this myrrh and aloes, a hundred pound weight. You see, Jesus weighed about 180 pounds because he was about, from all evidence of history that we have of him, about five foot 11 inches tall. And he would have shrunk, you see, probably in his death and so on, probably 20 pounds. But then, you see, they had a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloes plus the cloth. So they probably had 120 pounds, so that would make this cocoon weigh 280 pounds. And he was laid there in the tomb, you see. And when they saw this cocoon laying there, see, he just came out this opening. That's what he did. He just came out the opening of the face. 
and the cocoon was lying there and the napkin was folded. Wasn't flung to one side. They saw the grave clothes lying there, you see. But the napkin was folded and laid there to itself. They were convinced that nobody carried him away. How would you get him out of that thing? See? Amen. Did you ever notice that? that? That's one thing that they didn't try to do. They didn't try to go out and convince anybody in Jerusalem that Jesus was raised from the dead. Everybody knew it. Amen. No telling how many people saw that. See, they knew that. And so, John said, for they, talking about he and Peter, knew not as yet that he should, be, he should rise from the dead. So you see, you wouldn't know, really, by just reading the four Gospels, if they walked with him and didn't know it, how would you know it? Because the four Gospels just have to do with his life and then with his death, burial, and resurrection. You see, it's over in the letters written to the church that tell you exactly why he died. And really, it's over here in these epistles that Paul wrote where he got the revelation, you see, and he said the gospel, you know, well, I never learned it of man, neither after man, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's in the four gospels you don't find out. You just see him on the cross. You just see him dying and buried. But in here, and, and then raised again, but in the, in the epistles you find out what happened to him. In the epistles, you find out what happened to him the moment he died, where he went, what he did. You find out what happened to him after he was raised from the dead, the first thing that he ever did. Before he permitted folks to touch him, Mary, you see, saw him. And, and he said to Mary, touch me not. Don't touch me. And yet when he appeared to the disciples and the disciples said it's a spirit or it's a ghost, he said, handle me. Now why would he say to the first person that saw him, don't touch me? And yet he said to the disciples just a little bit later, handle me or touch me, a spirit. See, hath not flesh and bone, handle me, touch me so you can see I'm flesh and bone. Why would he say that? Well, he tells Mary, and then you get the inside of what really happened over in, uh, as Paul tells you. He said, for I have not yet ascended to my Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. And you see, from the time Mary saw him until he appeared to the disciples the second time, he ascended up into heaven, as, as Paul tells us in the book of Hebrews, written, you see, an epistle written to the Christians. He entered into the heaven, the holies and holies, of holies, with his own blood, to obtain an eternal redemption for us. Praise God forevermore. Well, now then, you see, Jesus, so then for that reason, I just want to make a little point there, for that reason, spend most of your time, I didn't say don't read those, I said spend most of your time as a Christian, as a believer in the epistles. Spend most of your time there. Those are the letters that are written directly to you. Study the Old Testament, but don't spend most of your time in the Old Testament. Spend most of your time in the New Testament. 
because we're not living under the old covenant, we're living under the new. Amen. Now then, in these letters that are written to the church, if you read through them with a red pencil and underline them, you will find these expressions found throughout these epistles, in Christ, in whom, and in him. Now you'll find uh, oh, 140 some odd all together of them. But some of them don't just tell you something you have in Christ. For instance, Paul writing a letter said, I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that has the expression in Christ there, but I don't use that one because that doesn't tell you about anything that's yours because you're in Christ. Just said, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. But you'll find that about a hundred and close to 130 of them will tell you something that you have or what you are because you're in him in whom or in Christ. For instance, this text we were just looking at here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. See, that's an in Christ scripture. Now, what about it? What does he have because he's in Christ? Or who is he? Or what is he because he's in Christ? He is a new creature or a new creation. Praise God, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So then find these scriptures, in Christ, in whom, and in him. Now once you find them, write them down. And then meditate along this line. And begin to confess, begin to say with your mouth, in other words, this is who I am, and this is what I am, and this is what I have in Christ. And you see, faith's confessions creates realities. It's your believing it and confessing it makes it real to you. As far as God's concerned, it's so. He's done it. You see, I've had people who come to me and say, now, you know, Brother Hagin, I read this scripture. I know I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm filled with the Spirit. I speak with other tongues. And yet the Word of God said here, you know, and they'd tell me some scripture the Bible said, but that doesn't seem real to me. Now, you see, some folks just want you to accept this, you know, as a faith project, and by faith it's always so. Well, you've got to accept it by faith, all right, but if it never becomes real to you, it won't do you any good. See, I can believe that there is such a thing as a $1,000 bill. I guess there is, isn't there? I mean... Uh, or is there? <laughs> well, I know there. I know there's a five hundred dollar bill because a person gave me one one time. And I know there is such a thing as a ten thousand dollar bill because I saw a whole stack of them one time. They weren't mine. That's the truth. That's absolute truth. I saw them in a bank. It's right close by me. Well, now, I believe there is such a thing as that, but that don't do, I, unless I actually possess one, doesn't do me any good just to believe that. Are you listening to me? Just to believe that there is such a thing, but that doesn't do me personally any good at all. 
I don't possess anything, you see, just because I believe that with that kind of faith. So you see, uh, sometimes folks, you know, they want you, and they, they, they misinterpret along the lines of faith that you just accept this, you know, as a blank check, you know, and this is all so all right, but you don't enjoy the reality of it. But God wants us to enjoy the, and know the reality of what he's provided for us. Now you see, he's provided the new birth for us, salvation for us. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, a Heart of Faith package. The book, Listen to Your Heart by Ken Hagan, and the single CD, The God Kind of Faith by Kenneth E. Hagan. These are being offered for a price of $15.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now... Let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. June the 11th through the 13th, that same week. That's Wednesday night. That's yes. Wednesday night. The other one is Sunday night through Tuesday night. Wednesday night through Friday night, we're going to be in Stevens Points, Wisconsin at the Good News Fellowship there. So we're I don't excited think we've about, ever been in Wisconsin. I, I don't think I've ever preached in Wisconsin. <laughs> I've preached in Minnesota because I've preached in uh, Minneapolis before. Yes. We're going to be there. We'd like to see you come That's out right. and be with us. It's going to be an exciting time. You know, it's heating up down in the south, so come uh -huh. on up there and be with us in the north and get some cooler weather, <laughs> all right? That's right. Because usually it's cooler up there. Sometimes yeah. they get heat up there, That's too. That's right. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, understanding how to fight the good fight of faith. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.